Welcome to Traveling Culturati, where we explore cultures and share travel news, travel tips, destinations, and travel chats. Visit TravelingCulturati.com for more information. Well, hey there, fellow Culturati. Javon Harley here, your host and travel pro for Traveling Culturati. Have you joined that travel club? Well, here's why you should. You'll be the first to know when we're on the go. You get to go to some fantastic destinations and you'll be a part of a great group and you'll get to meet and travel with some awesome people. Yes, the Traveling Culturati or Club Culturati are awesome. So the website is TravelingCulturati.com. Go ahead, check it out and join in the fun. Even if you just want to receive the newsletters, follow us on social media and let us know what parts of the world you've been to in your travel experiences. Now we've got some great plans for 2023 and we're now working on 2024. So for 2023, we're going to Ghana with the Michael Baston Travel Club, February 5th through the 13th. South Africa, also with the Michael Baston Travel Club, March 13th through the 24th. And soon to be available, France, back to Croatia on a private yacht and Greece. And yes, I promised you for a couple of years now, and I'm going to come through with that promise. Glamping. Yes, we will be glamping next year. (laughs) So you definitely want to be a part of that. Now today, I'm chatting with Michael Baston, radio veteran, international personality, New York Times best-selling author, and now world traveler and influencer on his concept of 20 summers and why he started the Michael Baston Travel Club. I'm also chatting with Annabelle McKenzie, director of Beyond the Return for Ghana Tourism Authority. We'll also have Javon's Travel Minute and the Culture Report. But right now, I've got some travel news. Guess what, folks? The cost of air travel is about to go sky high, according to professionals. Top airline executives believe that although air travel is already quite expensive, it may soon increase in cost. According to William Walsh, according to William Walsh, Director General of the International Air Transport Association, the global COVID-19 pandemic and air carriers' financial struggles may be to blame for the probable price rises across the airline industry. Due to refinery closures in recent years, the U.S.'s ability to refine crude oil into jet fuel has decreased to its lowest level since 2014, which has caused airline ticket prices to increase by 25% in the last year, the largest annual increase since 1989. These increases have persisted this year. According to Akbar Al-Baker, CEO of Qatar Airways, in a recent interview, another factor driving up the cost of international flight travel is the war by Russia in Ukraine. Another reason driving up the cost of air travel is the need to utilize alternate routes to avoid flying into Russian and Ukrainian airspace. For instance, flights from London to Delhi now take a significant diversion, adding several extra hours to the voyage and using a lot more jet fuel. Another issue is one of the straightforward supply and demand. The demand for leisure travel has entirely recovered to pre-pandemic levels, but the number of flights available is still reduced by 15% 
and as a result of the carrier's ongoing shortage of pilots, aircraft, and ground staff. The demand is out of control, according to Ed Bastian, CEO of Delta Airlines, in July. Higher airfares are a result of excessive demand and a supply shortage. The soaring inflation, which is accelerating at its fastest rate in 40 years, is also affecting air travel. All things considered, it appears unlikely that airline passengers would experience the much needed reduction in travel expenses, at the very least, anytime soon. Now, the Biden administration is proposing new rules for airline fee disclosure. The Biden administration seeks to enact regulations that ban secret airline fees. It's putting out new regulations that would compel travel agencies, booking websites, and airlines to display the full cost of an airfare while comparing options as opposed to just before the payment page. At a White House Competition Council meeting, Biden said you should know the full cost of your ticket when you're comparison shopping to begin with, so you can pick the ticket that genuinely is the greatest deal for you. Now, according to the rule, all fees must be disclosed up front so that users don't have to click on unnecessary links. It will force airlines to be upfront about the fees they charge passengers, which would help travelers make informed decisions. According to Airlines for America, all ticket surcharges are already disclosed by U.S. carriers. The association claimed that Airlines for America members already give clarity to consumers. From first search to touchdown, U.S. airlines are committed to being transparent about costs, charges, and ticket conditions. Now, the New Orleans mayor says flying first class is safer for black women. So, let me explain. The mayor of New Orleans, LaToya Cantrell, is facing criticism for accruing $30,000 more in travel costs than permitted by the state's travel policy. Now, according to CNN, Cantrell's preference for traveling first class is largely to blame for the excess spending. To recall, the mayor, a petition has been delivered to the Louisiana Secretary of State's office. The reason for it is given as failure to put New Orleans first and perform the responsibilities of the post. New Orleans wants the mayor to pay for the upgrades. Its travel policy states that employees must buy the cheapest flight possible. Coach, economy, or business class upgrades made by employees are wholly their responsibility to pay for. Mayor Cantrell traveled to Switzerland in June to promote a jazz concert, paying $16,600 for her travel and lodging, as well as that of two of her staff employees. Her airfare cost $10,000 of that total. She spent $17,854.57 on her flight to France in July to attend several events there and to promote New Orleans. Her team took an economy flight the entire expense for a second journey to France to sign a contract with the resort community of Antibes was over $43,000. Mayor Cantrell claims she will not compensate the city. Nevertheless, she justifies her travel preferences by citing her safety as a black woman and worries about COVID-19. Her response? The city of New Orleans will not be paid for any costs incurred 
while conducting business on its behalf. She added at a press conference, I do my job and I will continue to do it with the distinction and honesty at every step of the way. Anyone who wants to criticize how I defend myself simply doesn't comprehend the environment in which black women live. The purpose of my vacation accommodations is safety, not luxury. We are frequently left to navigate alone, as all women are aware and our health and safety are frequently ignored. It is that season fall is upon us and there is a fall foliage train in New England that it's about to start once again. In order to relieve traffic on the roads, you can discover New England and its leaf peepers to let the train handle the load. Numerous rail routes that serve northern New England provide a great way to unwind, rest, and enjoy the fall foliage. Amtrak announced the eagerly awaited extension of the Ethan Allen Express this summer. From New York City, this picturesque train travels less than five hours to central Vermont before turning northeast and entering the western portion of the Green Mountain State. The road follows the Hudson River Valley's shoreline. With the new expansion, the path gradually meanders, continues to the north for an additional two and a half hours. This is of breathtaking vistas through Middlebury, a historic college town, before reaching Burlington. Additionally, Amtrak's Vermonters service operates daily in New England between St. Albans in northern Vermont, Washington, D.C., and New York stopping at nine different locations as it crosses the state from east to west. The train halts in Hartford, Connecticut, Greenfield, Massachusetts, Claremont, New Hampshire, Brattleboro, White River Junction, Montpierre, Waterbury, and Essex Junction, Vermont. It's a gorgeous route that takes six hours to travel from New York's Penn Station to Brattleboro with the remaining four hours spent traveling via Lake Champlain and the Connecticut River Valley in the West. For the greatest views of the Hudson River and Lake Champlain, make sure to take a seat on the carriage's left side as it travels northbound out of New York. The Downeaster connects Boston in Massachusetts, the largest city in New England, with Brunswick, Maine, the region's most northerly station, just like the Ethan Allen Express, and Vermonter serves the western boundary of New England. So yeah, that season is upon us, one of my favorite seasons of the year, fall. And yes, I am a leaf peeper. Well, Dawn Wright became the first black person to explore the Earth's deepest point, the first of African-American descent to visit the seven-mile-deep ocean trench, is the 61-year-old oceanographer. An oceanographer known as Deep Sea Dawn has ventured where no other black person has gone before. Dawn Wright, 61, made the first high-resolution charting of Challenger Deep by traveling to the planet's deepest point. The 27th person to visit the Challenger Deep is Wright, a marine geologist and geographer, and a marine geology and geography expert from the Environmental Systems Research Institute. Overall, the fifth female. Wright, a native of Maui, Hawaii, told CBS News that the Apollo 11 mission inspired her desire to study the oceans. Her reason? Well, why can't I go the other way? and explore the oceans if these folks could land on the moon. 
Wright had challenges in her work throughout the 70s and 80s as a result of the dearth of women oceanographers and the even smaller number of black oceanographers. Wright is quoted, As a marine technician, I worked at sea for a number of years, and on the ship I was on, there were males who didn't think women belonged there. An old tale, and it's still a problem. Moreover, 50 years ago, the Challenger Deep was explored the first time in the U.S. Navy submersible known as the Trieste. Jacques Picard and Navy Lieutenant Don Walsh arrived at the spot in 1960. According to National Geographic, the two spent just 20 minutes at the bottom after a five-hour journey. The ocean floor was too cloudy for them to be able to take pictures of it. Wright spent 10 hours at the planet's deepest point in 2022 and then came back to Earth with pictures. Wright succeeded in bringing back the first high-resolution map of the Challenger Deep thanks to the side scan sonar. According to Wright, less than 25% of the world's seafloor has been sufficiently detailed. The UN promised to address that last year and set a target for at least 80% of the seafloor to be mapped by 2023. That's all I've got for travel news. And when I come back, we'll have Javon's Travel Minute and chats with radio veteran and world traveler Michael Baisden and director of Beyond the Return, Annabelle McKenzie. This is Traveling Culturati. We explore cultures and destinations. We share travel news and travel tips to keep you well-informed and prepared for your next travel adventure. So go ahead and up your travel game with Traveling Culturati. Visit TravelingCulturati.com for more information. Welcome back to the Traveling Culturati. I'm your host and travel pro, Javon Harley. Make sure you head on over to the website, TravelingCulturati.com. And while you're there, make sure you follow us on social media and join that travel club. We are going some fantastic places this year. And next, you just don't want to miss out on them. I'm telling you, in February, we're going to Ghana with the Michael Baisden Travel Club. February 5th through the 12th, we're going to South Africa, the end of March. And unfortunately, that trip is sold out. But stay tuned, we might have something else available for you for that. We're also going to France in May and going back to Croatia. We absolutely loved our trip to Croatia in 2021. So we're going July 30th to August 6th. And then, of course, if you want to extend your stay in Dubrovnik, which I highly recommend you do, absolutely fabulous. It's going to be a private yacht. And the food on board is excellent. I had one of my travelers tell me that since he's returned from Croatia, food just doesn't taste the same. But it is a fabulous experience and you don't want to miss out on that. All you have to do is go to our website, advantage-intl.com for all of our upcoming trips. Some of them are not open for sale yet, like France and Croatia, but make sure you sign up for the travel club so that you can be the first to know when we're on the go. So today I have the awesome opportunity to talk to Michael Baston and the idea of 20 summers. And we've embarked upon this journey with Michael Baston and the Michael Baston Travel Club going to many places that he has on his list. And he's inviting his followers to go. And I tell you, we have had a blast. We have gone to Dubai. We have gone to Egypt 
and we are going to Ghana and we're going to South Africa and there will be many more Michael based in travel club destinations. But right now we're going to talk to him about 20 summers and what he means by that. And now Javon's Travel Minute. This particular travel minute, I'm talking about it from a professional standpoint, but also what you need to know as a traveler. On my end, as a professional, we require that certain forms are completed prior to you going on your trip. And it's very, very important. We're asking for passport information. We ask for dietary restrictions, health requirements, and just some special things, even like special occasions that you may be celebrating. What I want to say is that when you're tasked with completing these travel documents, because you may also be asked by the airline to complete a document, you may also be asked to complete a document for visa or anything that requires your passport information, do not do it on a mobile device. Here is why. A lot of these online documents and or forms display very differently on a mobile device than they do on a laptop or a desktop. So you want to make sure you're doing it on a laptop or desktop so that you can see the full form so that you can fill it out completely and you're not making errors. A lot of the errors that I find are from those who completed them with a mobile device because there are typos or sometimes it's not just giving you the same display that you would get from a laptop or a desktop. Be very certain because, for example, what we do is we download the data and then we upload it to where it needs to go. We don't always have the time or the space to go through and look through it completely to see if there are any typos. And sometimes we don't know if there are typos. Based on what you entered, we may think that the data is just accurate. So it's very important that you take your time to complete important and necessary travel documents and do so on a laptop and or a desktop. Do not use your mobile device because in the event that information is uploaded incorrectly, it could really impact and disrupt your travel. You could be denied boarding. You could be denied entry into a country if it's not being scanned properly. So make sure you take that into account. This is Javon, and that was your Travel Minute. I'm so excited to chat with my guest today, who you actually know, I'm sure. There's little to no introduction that is necessary, but I'm going to introduce him anyways. A radio veteran, international personality, New York Times bestselling author, and now we've added world traveler to the list. I'm talking about Michael Bayston. Hello, Michael, and welcome to Traveling Culturati. How are you doing, Javon? This is great. I haven't done an interview since I've been off radio, so this is the first time I've been on the mic, other than Facebook, of course, since then. And thank you for adding the category of world traveler, because for me, that is the most important thing to be right now. So this is a good time. Absolutely. Well, you are a Renaissance man, and you mentioned radio. So what are you doing now post-radio? Oh, my goodness. Where do I start? Obviously, the Travel Club, which is my passion. Real estate development, which I've been doing for 15 years now. I'm getting ready to launch a wine brand. I have, of course, digital media that I do with Facebook and Instagram that I monetize. And I'm sure there's three or four things that I'm forgetting. I'm getting ready to launch a consulting platform as well. That's going to be 
a lot of fun. And we'll see what happens from there. Events, of course, which is a part of the Travel Club, is to make it also about worldwide events. So things are still very busy. I tell you, Renaissance man, what more can I say? You just keep adding everything to the list. So no retirement in the future for you. You're just adding to the list and changing course. Yeah, I don't know what that is. As long as there's no retirement from learning and growing, there's no retirement. And, you know, living is learning, traveling is learning. It's all about constantly changing. If you're not growing and changing, you're not living. So you mentioned the Travel Club. You recently launched the Michael Basden Travel Club. Tell us about that. That was a dream from a very long time ago. It's something that I did while I was on radio, but not consistently, obviously, because of my responsibilities to the radio show. And, you know, I know a lot of other radio personalities were able to travel a lot. I saw them doing it. You all work with many of them, right? We did. But because I had such a huge responsibility as the host, I owned the show, I produced the show, I programmed the music, I produced the topics. It was a lot to get away from. I don't think I've taken more than three or four vacations in the 15 years I was on radio because there was always something happening while I was off radio and I felt an obligation. So the Travel Club was always in the back of my mind. It was my passion. And in a way, it's the reason why I decided not to continue radio, because I did not want to die. I got to be frank with you, as morbid as it sounds, I did not want to die on radio. I wanted to see the world and I would not have been happy had I not done that. So that's how important this travel club is for me. Yeah. And I can tell you, I am so excited. We're so excited. Advantage International is the sponsor of Traveling Culturati. And we were so honored when you reached out to us and you wanted to partner with us on this particular venture. Travel is our passion as well, but to be uh, in a position to and have the opportunity to work with you, we had worked with you very briefly in the past. So we certainly knew you had the passion for travel then. And we certainly knew that your followers, your listeners at the time were very passionate about following you and traveling with you. So for you to take that adventure to the next level, we were really excited about that. Yeah, that's great. It's always exciting when people are willing to go on a journey with you because that's how I promote it, right? We're going on a journey together. We're not just going somewhere together. We're experiencing something together. And there's a difference. There certainly is. Now, I always ask everyone that I speak to, that time, that moment, that place that sparked your wanderlust. Hmm. I don't think there was any one thing, you know, I guess reading, I was always an avid reader and I read about different places, even in some of my books, The Maintenance Man, he's in Paris doing one of the scenes in the book. So for me, my mind has always been on a worldwide level. I traveled vicariously through my daughter for many years. You know, she's traveled the world. My daughter's been, I couldn't even tell you how many countries she's been to. She's lived in Melbourne. She's lived in Singapore. She's traveled and backpacked through South America. So I instilled that in her. So it was always a part of my DNA, really. My daughter traveled when I couldn't, and I traveled through her, and now I'm getting a chance to do it with her, along with enjoying it myself. So this is a big deal for me. I always say there's the travel bug, and once you're bitten, (laughs) you can't. (laughs) And there is such a thing. So now I was listening to you on one of your Facebook lives and you talked about this philosophy of 20 summers and I was intrigued. So what gave you that idea and what is the philosophy behind 20 summers? I think that regardless if it's travel, which is what I related it to at the time, but still it's about relationships. It's about time in general. It's about putting things in perspective with time at the center of it, right? As the foundation of a understanding how important it is to take advantage of time. And I guess that as we get older, 
you know, I'm a man of a certain age. Time becomes even more important, right? Because you don't have as much time left. I mean, it's just math, right? So for me, I think that sometimes you lose perspective when you're just living day to day, paying bills, raising children, whatever. And sometimes you don't realize just how short life is. And so I think by putting 20 summers as a goalpost, if you will, a marker, when you're a 40-something, 50-year-old person, which most of my followers are, then, hey, that 20 summers start to really become relevant and relatable. And so you start counting in your mind. You think to yourself, sure, you want to live past 80, right? But how many really good years do you have when you're going to be sexy and be vibrant? Again, I know people are vibrant and sexy into their 80s. You know, people were responding, saying, hey, don't knock the 70-year-olds. I'm like, look, it's not about chronological age so much as relative to time. And I think that I started myself realizing just how little time I had left and how important it was to take advantage of that. And travel was a huge part of that, as I said earlier. So that's the foundation of it. I think we also have to be realistic because we know the saying, you know, you're young at heart and age is nothing but a number. But at the age I'm at, I am now, it certainly feels different physically than when I was 20 and 30 and 40. So, you know, when you start to think in those terms, it's not whether or not you're still living and enjoying life. It's you have to kind of think about what it means to travel and moving around and flexibility and all of those things. So, it certainly does make sense, but I like that you called it summers because when you reach a certain age, they start saying that you're in the fall and winter of your life. So I like that you're saying we're still in the summer. <laughs> the summer, think about the summer. Summer is always relatable. Summer is the time we create our memories, right? The most profound memories of picnics and family and travel, vacation. So summers is very intentional. I use that term very intentionally because I wanted people to think of the summer as a good time. And to add to what you just said, yeah, we do get older and our bodies are older, but people are really taking care of themselves, right? I mean, women are looking great into their 40s and 50s and 60s and even into their 70s, right? So I want people to travel sexy. You know, I'm all about sexy. I'm not just about being out there. I want to look good and I want to travel with people who look good and people who have energy and people who are sexual and people who are still experiencing every aspect of life. So the idea of 20 summers is not just to say, hey, count them till you get to 20. It's like, look at where you are right now. Do you want to enjoy your life to the fullest looking as good as you do now? Because the people that I know in their 50s and 60s, they look great. So I want them to have a sense of urgency about enjoying it right now while we look good. I mean, you still look good, Javon. Look at your husband. He's in great shape. So I don't want to travel with a bunch of people with walkers. <laughs> you know, let's make sure we clear on something. I don't want it to be the old train, not the soul train. Right? So I want people to be sexy and travel. So I want them to take advantage of not only time, but the good looks and the energy they have right now. Yeah, don't waste the lipstick. That's what I always yeah. say. <laughs> exactly. You know. Now, where have you traveled since you've set out to be this globetrotter? Well, I mean, Hawaii obviously was easy. Brazil, Paris, Monaco, Egypt, which will be twice when we go. Dubai, which will be twice when we go. And South Africa. So I'm really just getting started. But I know that, man, once this show really gets on the road, which as I've shared with you and many other people on my social media page, I plan on moving to South Africa. I've already got plans, right? Everything's moving 
in that direction. Once I get there, then I plan on traveling everywhere. We have a trip to Ghana coming up with your husband. We're going to stop by there once we finish Egypt. So this is going to be nonstop. I mean, I want to hit a different country every month or two, at least. That's just so wonderful because the world is such a big place. And it makes me so excited to hear someone else so excited about travel and seeing the world and really understanding what that means because traveling is learning. We learn so many things. I mean, even talking to your travelers who are contacting us and asking just some of the basic questions about filling out forms or destination information, it is a constant learning process. And I think that's part of it. That whole process. Well, it is. I tell you a funny story. I'm going to leave names out, but I'll tell you a funny story. So on the visa for Egypt, it said only use Latin characters. And so the person didn't know what that meant. So she looked it up and she was trying to figure out what language they wanted it communicated in. (laughs) (laughs) So it is always a learning process. You know, Latin characters, it's the alphabet that we use versus an Arabic language or the Indian language, which are completely different alphabets. So again, it's not to make fun. I mean, sometimes we do have to laugh at ourselves at some of the things that we do, but it is a constant learning process. And it's one of the things and reasons that Jean and I love so much about travel. So you're just starting in this process and you've given me some wonderful destinations that you've been to that I think some new globetrotters wish they had in the beginning of their adventures. But do you think you have a favorite yet? No, because I haven't seen enough. I'll be talking to Gene, and I already mentioned Thailand. I definitely want to get in more parts of Asia, Singapore, of course, Australia, Greece, Italy. I mean, there's just so many places to go. What I was going to say when you were making your points about the learning process, I don't know that we're getting enough out of travel, Javon. And I've said this before when I see pictures of people in front of the Eiffel Tower, or we're very good at taking pictures in front of landmarks, right? But what I want to encourage people to do and what I'm going to make sure that my people do is have a more of an engagement with the people. Because without that, to me, you just went someplace and took a picture. If you're not engaging with the culture and trying to understand and appreciate it, to me, you're really robbing yourself of the true experience of what travel is about. I don't just want to wake up with a different view, right? I want to have an experience and I can't have that experience if I don't interact with the people. So Everything that we do, I want to make sure that getting involved with the culture is a very important part of that, essential. It is very important. And that's why I came up with the name of the show, Traveling Culturati, someone who travels in search of a culturally immersive experience. Mm -hmm. And that does make the difference. It really connects you to the destination. And, you know, if we tried to do that a little bit more when we traveled, I think that it would really erase some bigotry. And just ignorance in general. You know, there's people that travel that you actually feel like they got the experience, right? When I travel with your husband, for example, what I told you is the best person I've ever traveled with. Gene leaves you alone. If you can't make certain things, he's like, cool, do your thing. But Gene appreciates every country. He appreciates the tour guides and what they have to offer. And is trying to, as you said, immerse them into the culture. And I appreciate that without being pushy about it. But He understands the importance of getting the entire experience, understanding the history, because the people that you all work with are great, by the way, Javon. Thank you. And they're passionate about their countries. 
And I appreciate that. And here's something I think people don't know, and you've touched on that, is that when you are designing or when you know a company is designing a tour program, there are many types of tour guides you can get. And there are different levels of education mm-hmm. that they have. And we always want to make sure that we are getting a list tour guides, and not the ones who just know the basic things about the city, but the ones who really study the history. Like in Egypt, it's going to be Egyptologists, not just a tour guide. So they study the history, they know the history, and they're all about the history, and they have that passion for their country and yes, their culture. Yes, I was just about to say that. Mm-hmm. So those things are very important because you know I, I want people also to look at things at a program that they're going on to understand why there are differences between looking at one program and looking at another, that you will, when you start peeling back the layers, understand and see that there is a difference. Yeah, they really do love their country. And for me, I mean, that's everything because you're going to that country to have an experience. And I think a lot of times because we're Americans, you know this, you know, we can be loud. (laughs) We can think that we're the center of the universe. And we have a lot of history here, obviously. But that history of these other countries goes back much further than this, right? This country's brand new on the world stage. And so obviously Egypt is ancient history. We're talking thousands of years. And that tour they're going to take through the museum and through the pyramids is going to be overwhelming for them. They're really going to learn a lot. Paris, the same thing, learning about Black Paris and the music and the culture and the impact that Black people had on the culture there. And of course, Dubai being Dubai, you know, just seeing the incredible architectural marvel of what they've done in the middle of the desert. I mean, it just goes on and on, right? The depth, And of course, we can't leave out South Africa with the tour guides you all work with there who are personal friends of you all's who really just feel the pain of the history, which is much newer than our civil rights movement, right? I mean, apartheid just ended in the 90s, right? So this is serious stuff. And I think people are going to really be surprised by how much there is to learn and how much we don't know. What about experiences? I know a lot of times we think about destinations and places we want to go to, but what about experiences that you looked at having and what's on your list? We don't call it a bucket list. We're now going to call it the 20 summers list. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that bucket list. We got to get rid of that title right there. Yeah, that's too final. I don't know. I guess every place that I go, because I'm a people person, I guess I'll get that experience when I go there. I had no idea I would experience what I did in South Africa. That was quite a surprise. And it was a pleasant one. I didn't really know what to expect in Paris. I don't really know what to expect from any place, Javon. You have the benefit of having been there many times. So for me, I'm so naturally curious. It doesn't make any difference to me where I go. I'm going to have fun and I'm going to interact with the people there. So I guess I have no expectations, but I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, going with open eyes. I absolutely love it. Any last thing you want to say as far as this experience, this adventure journey that you're embarking upon? We're now adding World Traveler to the list because you've already seen parts of the world. So we're already adding that to the list. That's the most important thing. I want a perspective when I talk about relationships, uh, to answer your question, what my final thought would be, is to try to be broader minded. Someone said this, I think it was in a movie that I watched. In fact, I think it was Talk to Me with Don Cheadle. When he was playing the character of a radio personality, I can't remember the name. He's a real person. I'm sorry, I can't remember it right now. And Taraji P. Henson was in the movie with him as a radio personality. It was called Talk to Me. In any case, in one part of the movie, the general manager told him, and he says to him as advice as a radio personality, never let your audience know more than you do. Make sure you're informed. And what that meant to me, what that spoke to me was, make sure I gain information so I can grow my audience. 
And I was very conscious of that while I was on radio to make sure that I was bringing the news, bringing the perspective, bringing you know, a challenge to my listeners. So for me, I want to grow. I want to go out there in the world and inspire them to go, obviously, as a part of the Travel Club. But even if they can't go, I'm taking them with me on social media. But I want them to hear a difference. I want them to read a difference. When I'm writing about relationships, I want them to feel the impact what travel has, has done in terms of broadening my mind about a number of things, right? Food, culture, race, sex. So I'm trying to learn something while I'm out there. And if they can't go along, which the vast majority of them obviously can't, then I'm going to bring that experience to them after I have it and share it with them while I'm there so we can all grow together. So that's my final word is come if you're able. If not, make sure you stay tuned in so you can take advantage of the experience that I'm having, that we're having while we travel together and we can still grow together even if we can't be there together. And that's my final word. Let's go if we can go. And if not, stay tuned in to take advantage of the fact that we're out there experiencing the world for you. Absolutely. And how does one connect with the Michael Baston Travel Club? That's Mingle City. And that's going to be, oh, I can't wait till you all see what we're doing with Mingle City. But go to minglecity.com. Do we still have to say www? No. <laughs> Thank you very much. You know, minglecity.com. And you'll see the information for the Michael Baston Travel Club. And of course, on Facebook and Instagram and every place else, Michael Bazed and Live. And stay tuned in, man. We're on there every day talking about provocative stuff, talking about sexual issues, talking about everything. And of course, talking about travel. So stay tuned. Well, I will certainly stay tuned and I'm looking for everything that's ahead of us. Thank you so much for the opportunity of working with you. Thank you for joining me today. And thank you for 20 summers. I absolutely love it and appreciate it. Yeah, it's a great way to set your mind, isn't it? Joining the conversation with me today is Annabelle McKenzie. She's with the Ghana Tourism Authority as director for Beyond the Return and was also director of Year of Return. And we're going to break all of that down for you and explain all of that. And basically what it means is that Ghana is an exciting place to be right now, in the past and in the future. So Annabelle, welcome to Traveling Culturati and thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I am excited to be here to talk about Ghana. It's a beautiful country. It certainly is. I have done many programs to Ghana since 1999 is when I did my very first group program to Ghana. And it's one of those soul searching places. And when you leave it, you just come back so fulfilled. And so I'm excited to be returning in February of 2023. We'll be returning with the Michael Baston Travel Club. And we had a program there this past January of 2022. And in the previous years, we've had a couple of programs actually a few programs in the last 20 years. So super, super excited. Now, in your introduction, we talked about Beyond the Return, and we also talked about Year of Return. So let's start with Year of Return, which was 2019. What is it and how did it transpire? So Year of Return, Ghana 2019, commemorated 400 years since the first documented enslaved African arrived in Jamestown, Virginia. And a key word I always like to say is first documented in enslaved African because we weren't slaves on the continent. They enslaved us. And so to me, it's always important not to refer to us Africans 
as slaves. We were enslaved. It's not something that we wanted. So the president of Ghana and the country of Ghana has always been at the forefront of the Pan-African movement and welcoming the global diaspora family back home. And in 2019, to commemorate the 400 years through the year of return, we had a series of activities which included cultural festivals, concerts, fashion shows, community service to welcome the diaspora back home to Ghana. The events happened throughout the entire year. The final set of events happened in December of 2019, which was our December in GH program. As for me, I actually moved from the U.S. So I am a diaspora that came back to the motherland came back to Ghana and I've been here four years now and it has definitely been one of the best decisions I've ever made. When we come back, we're going to continue our conversation with Annabelle McKenzie, Director of Beyond the Return for Ghana Tourism Authority, talking more about the culture. This is Traveling Culturati. We explore cultures and destinations. We share travel news and travel tips to keep you well-informed and prepared for your next travel adventure. So go ahead and up your travel game with Traveling Culturati. Visit TravelingCulturati.com for more information. Welcome back to the Traveling Culturati. I'm Javon Harley, your host and travel pro. The website, TravelingCulturati.com. Make sure you join that travel club and follow us on social media. Culture is forever changing and reflecting what's happening in the society and with its people. It can be born of the food, music, art, and sometimes politics and strife. We're continuing our conversation with Annabelle McKenzie, director of Beyond the Return with the Ghana Tourism Authority. When you look at the transatlantic slave trade, it is a significant part of the building of the world, not just the United States. And I think oftentimes we forget that it's globally, and it really was very instrumental in the wealth building of Europe and many other nations. So we have to understand that and make sure that we recognize that and we honor what that means, even though it's an ugly part of history. How did the world respond to 2019 and the year of return? 2019 and the year of return was very, very successful. It was more successful than any of us could have imagined with inviting the global diaspora back home, with changing the narrative of what Ghana is, previously the story of Africa, the narration was given to the world by the West. And we are at the point now that we tell our own stories. I remember when I was in America preparing for my move to Ghana and you know, I would let people know that I'm going back to Africa, I'm excited. Some of the comments would be, oh, so you're going to be having lions and tigers running through your yard every day. You'll be living in a hut. And it was strange to me because I was like, I've been to multiple countries in Africa and the way I live in Ghana is actually a hundred times better than how I lived in the U.S. You know, I live in a metropolitan city. Everything is great. So year return and now beyond the return has allowed us to tell our story more, 
to get more exposure and just to change the narrative. Like we own our story and it shouldn't be told by someone else. And we should be proud of our rich history, our culture, our heritage, our language, the different type of foods that we eat. So the year of return, which was not actually the first initiative that Ghana spearheaded. If you go back to Panifest, which started in the 90s, you look at the Joseph Project, there have been multiple initiatives where Ghana has tried to bridge the gap between the diaspora and the continent of Africa. The difference with your return and now beyond the return is social media. Messages can get out across the world in a matter of seconds because of social media. So yes, it has been very successful and there's not any news agency with any type of credibility has covered Ghana in the last four years for year of return, beyond the return, and just Ghana as an overall destination. It is truly the gateway to West Africa. And it absolutely is. And as I said, you only get it, I think, if you actually go there and have this experience. And so I wanted to talk a little bit about your experience, one, what prompted you to decide to move to Ghana and just kind of expand upon some of those reactions that you received from people when you said, I'm relocating to Ghana? I think me moving to Ghana and moving to the continent in general, it all started from my childhood and how I was raised. With my father growing up, he always told me, don't forget Africa is home. Even though he had never been to the continent before he passed away. He always said, Africa is home. You are African. Remember that. And, you know, growing up, you just listen to the wisdom that your parents give you, but you necessarily don't always know the significance of it. So throughout middle school and high school, I never quite felt like I belonged in America, but I didn't know what that feeling was. So I ended up going to college at a great HBCU, Grambling State University. And then after graduating, I worked from one of the top oil and gas companies in America doing technology work. And through that, I was fortunate enough to be able to work in Nigeria, Angola, and Australia. So my first time actually coming to the continent was through work. And when I came, the experience was very enlightening. And I knew I wanted to have a connection with the continent, but I didn't move here. Fast forward to my early 30s, I was working in management consulting, very stressful job. And I actually quit my job to travel the world for two years and work on my master's degree. During that time, I traveled around Europe and Africa. One country I visited was Tanzania. When I went to Tanzania, the spiritual and the feeling that I had while being there let me know that eventually I wanted to move to the continent. I just didn't know how. So I went back, you know, finished my master's degree, started working back in corporate America again. And what's interesting, September 11th, 2017, I went to work that day. It was a rough day at work. And I still actually have the Facebook post. I told myself I was going to move to Tanzania by December 2018. During that time, I ended up becoming introduced to Ghana. I visited Ghana in December 2017. And then I made the move in May 
2018. So that's how I got here. But one of the biggest things I tell people is I feel that I've lived my American dream. I want to live the African dream. And so that's what I'm in Ghana to do. And one of my life goals is to ensure that every African-American, every Caribbean, every African impacted by the transatlantic slave trade gets to experience Africa, if not multiple times, at least one time in their life, like put your feet on the soil of the motherland so you can have that experience. So that's what made me come to Africa into Ghana. Let's talk about some of those things that tourists and those visiting Ghana can connect with culturally and those things that you enjoyed the most about those cultural experiences. One good thing about Ghana is you can have a cultural experience if you want to go to the beach, if you want to go on safari. There are a lot of different things to do in the different regions of Ghana. You can go to the northern region. They have this nice shea butter factory, but you can also go on safari while you're in the northern region. If you want to experience beautiful beaches, you can go outside of the city and travel to the western region. If you want to experience green and lush foothills and mountains, you can travel to Kwehu or you can travel to Abri. So we have something for everybody. If you get into the cultural part of Ghana, a lot of people that visit, names are very important in African culture, in West African culture. So one thing in Ghana is there are day-born names. So based on the day that you're born, there's a name that can be assigned to you. So a lot of people come here and have naming ceremonies because they want to have Ghanaian name or African name to go along with their Western name or European name. So for me, I'm Monday-born. So my Monday-born name is Adjua. So a lot of Ghanaians call me Adjua instead of calling me Annabelle. So that's a part of the cultural part. Understanding the traditional system where you can have interactions with the chiefs, the queen mothers. We actually recently had the Global Citizen concert that happened at Independence Square last Saturday. So Usher was the headline artist along with top artists from West Africa. And then Usher also used a lot of the local Ghanaian dancers as a part of his performances, we had a festival of culture to introduce individuals that were visiting in the world to Ghanaian culture. So if you come here, we have something for everyone. What I'm excited about is, of course, the Michael Basin Travel Club going to Ghana February 5th through the 12th of 2023. And one of the things we're going to do that is also a great experience in Ghana is visiting some of the hot spots, the night spots, the jazz spots, the music venues that are always there. Not an event, but something that's very cultural because these are places that the Ghanaians will frequent as well. So that's something that we have on the agenda that's a little different than others that we've done before is experience these music spots in Ghana. Yes. Michael was here in Ghana a few weeks ago, and I got to meet him and talk about the upcoming trip in February. When I say it's going to be a wonderful trip, you're going to get culture, entertainment, food, everything that you can think of, Michael has planned for the trip. Nightlife in Ghana, nightlife in Accra 
is very nice. So there's jazz bars, as you mentioned. You can go to plays. There's so much to do for all age levels and also for people's different interests. So yes, when you come, you will enjoy yourself. I will be in Ghana during that time and I can't wait to welcome the travel group. And I'm looking forward to the beach party because we're going to have a fantastic beach party as well. So I'm going to ask you from a perspective, you're African-American, you now have Ghanaian citizenship, but you mentioned jollof rice and there's a huge debate amongst West African nations. (laughs) Who has the best (laughs) jollof rice? So what say you? I had jollof rice from Ghana in Nigeria. So I can't compare to Senegal and other West African countries, but I will say between Ghana and Nigeria, Ghana definitely has the best jollof rice. I don't actually like rice that much, but living in West Africa, you have no choice but to like rice. (laughs) (laughs) That is the truth. And I love jollof rice and the spice level is different depending on which nation you get it from. And I had some folks on a while ago from Liberia, and they said, well, the debate actually ends with us because we created jollof rice. So looking forward to visiting in February with the Michael Baston Travel Club. And again, certainly the annual events that Ghana has, you want to make sure you connect with those and beyond the return because of the wonderful destination that Ghana is from landscape to culture to history, just everything you can think of. And if you're traveling on business as well, it's a great business destination too. So again, beyondthereturngh.com. And also you can look for the same on the social media channels. Annabelle, thank you so much for joining me today. Such an honor and a pleasure to have you on board and really getting me excited about my return to Ghana. Thank you for having me. And we look forward to seeing you in Ghana. Well, that's it for the show today. Wherever you go, go with all your heart. Confucius. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Traveling Culturati. We explore cultures and destinations. We share travel news and travel tips to keep you well informed and prepared for your next travel adventure. So go ahead and up your travel game with Traveling Culturati. Visit travelingculturati.com for more information. Ladies and gentlemen,